Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys. So I'll make this pitch extremely easy for you. We've got a free $20 to hand to you, which you can use on fantasy sports betting immediately. All you have to do is download the Thrive Fantasy app, sign up using the promo code LEGACY, and deposit a minimum of $20, and you'll get an instant $20 bonus tacked onto that. With the NBA reset season and playoffs underway, fantasy sports and daily betting for the resident NBA junkie has never been this intense and this fun. And when it comes to fantasy betting platforms, make sure to make the right choice and hashtag prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for players that makes games super simple and intuitive that even first-time beginners can pick it up instantly. Enter a contest where all you have to do is choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. You're merely dealing with over-under prop bets that each have a point total associated to them based on likelihood of occurring. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. So what are you waiting for? Win some money on the side while you watch the excitement of this year's NBA playoffs. Again, use promo code LEGACY when you sign up today and you'll receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and hashtag prop up today. What a shit Hot game, team. dude. Yeah. I got all excited. Awful. I, I didn't eat lunch specifically, Me so neither. I have a shit ton of dinner. Me neither. Yeah, and I did have a shit ton of dinner, and I didn't even get to enjoy it.
everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where leave a legacy, and that legacy, the last seven to eight years for the Lakers has been to not have a playoff win. And seven years and one night later, with the Lakers back in the playoffs, and winless we still are. So what's <laughs> one more night after eight years? Look, this is going to be a pretty short podcast because I'm pretty pissed. I don't know what I'm going to say. Uh, but the Lakers just lost to the Portland Trailblazers in bubble playoffs game one, round one, 100-93. Um, the Lakers shot 35% from the field and 15.6% from three, five for 32. Uh, Anthony Davis had Mamba mentality going on, though, shooting 8 of 24 from the field. Um, (laughs) I'm going to be very salty this entire podcast, Um, but I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez. I am joined by my co-hosts, Alan Riley and Tommy Alexander. Unfortunately, this is not the Liddy podcast that we wanted to have coming out of this game one, but it's, it's not like this was totally unexpected, right, Tommy? Not totally unexpected. I mean, this is what we were worrying about, right? Before, like, forget Portland. I actually don't think Portland is that good. Like, everyone's like, oh, well, with this new team, they're like a fifth or a sixth seed. No, I think they're still like an eighth seed at best. I think they're the worst team in the in the West playoffs. Um, but we are just playing so inconsistent and so bad. I mean, this was not, the effort we saw tonight was not atypical from what we saw during the rest of the bubble and Portland has been playing with like playoff intensity since game one of like the scrimmages. Right. So like they, they've just been so much more into it. We've been way too casual and, you know, and I, and I really think it starts from the coaching staff and trickles down. I mean, I think there was no effort made to do anything with rotations in the preseason and then, or sorry, in the seeding games, which they took like preseason yeah. and, you know, and then like, all of a sudden, you know, Vogel's like, yeah, we're pretty comfortable with the rotation. Even though the entire playoffs he'd been saying, we're not playing the normal playoff rotation yet. You know, like, and it's just like, so what is the rotation? It was like so many odd decisions. You look at the stats, it's so obvious what's happening. I mean, 36 to 25 in the first quarter, Portland. Then shockingly, Lakers win the second quarter by 10. Then we lose the third quarter by two and only scored 19 points in the third quarter. Then we start the fourth quarter on a 9-0 run, and after that 9-0 run, there's a timeout, and we pull Kuzma out of the game, who scored like half the points on that run. <laughs> and, yeah. and we sub in Danny Green, who like wasn't able to keep CJ McCollum in front of him the whole night. Like He looked like a freaking... Like, pop a sloth out there just like <laughs> you know slopping his ass around and casey sloppy was ass the next yeah and then kcp was the next sub who shot like oh for nine in this game or something you then know? they put in caruso and, with two minutes left and then yeah and then he realized what he was doing vogel and he pulled you know danny green for kuzma with like three minutes left and then pulled kcp for caruso with like you know, two and a half minutes left. And it just like, you know, then it's like we got close. But the once you, you can't like mess around with this team because they have two guards who can just hit shots no matter what you're doing to them. So, you know, I mean, the Lakers are so fortunate. They're playing this bad on a neutral court, actually, because God forbid we would have to play this team like going into the Rose Garden, having lost home court advantage. Like it's... 
it, 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 we can still recover, but my God, this was such a horrendous start to this playoff run that's supposed to be like everybody locked in and on the same page. Well, at least Frank Vogel is a man of his word because when he said he's still experimenting, he's still experimenting right down to the last two minutes of a freaking first round playoff game. Um, Alan, I have, I fired off right before this recording, a bunch of salty ass tweets. I'm just going to shoot them to you and you tell me which one's your favorite. Okay. First one, they would do this to us after seven years. (laughs) (laughs) Next one, Vogel's been playing with bubble brains this entire Orlando stint. You know what contending team took the seeding game seriously while still maintaining health? Nick Nurse and the Toronto Raptors. Hopefully this loss will knock some sense into him. That's substantial. Next one. Hey, Lakers, don't talk about it. Be about it. Your Orlando bubble has not been it. All right. All right. Last one. Dame really took that leave a legacy Mamba mentality slash Kobe inspirational videos to heart, huh? Uh, Oh, wait. Those were mainly meant for the Lakers? Oh, God. (laughs) Um... It's between the second and the third one, for sure. The last one's just, like, too close to home, too. That one hurts too bad. So maybe, <laughs> actually, that is the winner, but shit. Right. That, that's Don't talk harsh. about it, be about it. I think that's the one. Don't talk about it, be about it, that's the one, because that's been, like, our slogan, right? So. Yes. All right, Alan, we've been talking about it leading up to this, the playoff preview, our, our episode before that, talking about... Yo, the, the Lakers probably have the edge on, on the Portland Trailblazers, but wouldn't it just be beneficial to everybody to just have some sort of consistent rhythm, even if you're maintaining guys' health and, and pacing yourself? And lo and behold, you know, people are going to point to the fact that the Lakers have had a week off regardless, and they would have had a week off even if they had been playing consistently. But I just feel like the mojo of this team from the moment they got to Orlando well, actually, that's not, not, that's not true because the first few scrimmage games, we were like, oh, here we go, Lakers kingdom mentality. And then all of a sudden, it just, it just totally left their bodies. Here I we go. <laughs> I, look, I have no idea what the hell is going on with this team. There have been some vague references to like outside things, off the court things. Who knows what the hell that is? But it's clear that for whatever reason... They were just banking on the fact that this is the way LeBron James has always done pre-playoffs, so we're just going to go off that. And it's so bizarre to me because nobody else but LeBron James, you know, I guess you can throw in Danny Green and stuff like that, but nobody else has really experienced this before. So I'm kind of all over the place, but you just tell me how, how you're feeling right now. I'm freaking pissed, dude. I'm yelling like a crazy person here by myself, saying MFU, MF this, MF everything. Um... <laughs> I'm so freaking mad, dude. Yeah, it's um, like this would happen, right? And, and I think the fact that there were moments in the game, of course, where it's okay, like this is it. We're going to make our push right now. We're not going to win comfortably by any means, but th- we had those like spurts where it felt like we had a modest amount of control, right? Um, and it was like what Tommy said. It depended on who was out there on the floor, right? Like who, what was the lineup? What was the combination? We already know uh, which units work best together. And then the second we go away from it, it's so freaking predictable, you know? Like first, third quarter, it's trash. Um, yeah, it's uh, – I don't know, man. Like I, I was obviously excited for the game today, but it's definitely – it's a different excitement from when we were – like in our bag almost a decade ago in the playoffs. I was very nervous today. I was super anxious, not feeling super confident um, the way that we used to back in the day. So uh, yeah, there was 
there was excitement there, but I wouldn't say it was like completely positive, um, like just joy heading into it. I was already kind of expecting some of this to potentially happen. And, you know, here we are. So, yeah, it was very tense. Here we are. Um, Tommy, I don't know about you, but I obviously was excited. You know, I, I don't think there's any explanation really for the pregame lead up minutes. You can't really compare it to anything else, but we all know that feeling to get sort of amped. For me, I feel like it's, and I guess this is indicative of how the Lakers have been approaching things, sadly, but I still kind of can't get over the bizarre setup of not having that, like, or, or lacking that depth of field with a live crowd. And you kind of just lack that epicness of just being able to see up and down, you know? Um, the virtual fan thing is great. One of my friends, Andy, actually got signed up and was one of the virtual fans, which is pretty cool. Oh, nice. Did you see him? <laughs> Um, I think I saw his son. He, he, he put his son there <laughs> for, for a second. <laughs> but even with that, it just felt like a regular season game. And I said it, I mentioned that that sentiment is indicative of how the Lakers approached it. That is how they approached this game. It kind of felt like game one of the start of a new season, you know? Them acting like, we still got 82 games to figure this all out. And you sit right. here and you're like, no, you guys have um, maybe three games at best. I, I don't know what the hell you guys are doing. Um, yeah. I don't know if they needed this to, uh, to, to light, light a fire under their butts or whatever. Literally, they needed a loss to get this going. But it's just so bizarre to me because the mentality of this team um, outside of this bubble, this Orlando bubble, it's just very different. I think that's why I'm a little dis disappointed in how lackadaisical they approached this bubble season because it was so not representative of how seriously they had approached the entire season prior to this, you know? Um, Tommy, do you want to... You talked about how... What the Toronto Raptors did, uh, taking this seating stretch pretty seriously, not, not to the point of exhaustion or, like, being super extra about it, but that's the kind of mentality that I hope the Lakers had approached it with and not, not saying that that's why they lost tonight, but, again, the mojo of this team going into this game was kind of... They, they had an air of nonchalance about them that they, frankly, did not... They didn't have this, the stature to have. They didn't deserve to like walk around like they've been here before. LeBron James certainly has, but you look at all the guys, the rest of the guys on this team outside of LeBron, and it's still like, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 can't, I can't even talk right now. So, Tommy, pick it up from here. Yeah, I mean, it is weird. You want them to have some degree of swagger. I mean, like most of the guys on the Clippers, except for Kawhi, haven't like won anything, right? So, and they play with a lot of confidence, and you need to play with, like, a lot of confidence if you want to win. And I think, like, that's fine. LeBron teams have always had, like, a kind of interesting swagger to them, I would say. But the weird thing about this team is, like, none of the guys are good. It just, like, it just so, like, we, it took us a long time. Again, people forget, right? Like, it took us a long time to find a rotation where we would get, we would maximize the potential of our guys offensively. Like we started off the season strong defensively and kind of, you know, some of us attributed that to just being a little bit, maybe other teams weren't totally up to speed or whatever offensively. But anyway, we maintained that defense, but it took months and months for our offense to come around and feel like semi-reliable. And a huge part of that was finding 
And, you know, even during this time, Kuzma sucked. Frankly, I can't even remember who was scoring. But it was just (laughs) random guys, you know, because we were putting people in positions to succeed. I mean, Caruso looks like he has... All of these guys are pretty much playing like their worst-case scenario playoff forums, right? Like KCP has only played four playoff games. He's actually now 0-5 in the playoffs because (laughs) the only time he went there was with the Pistons when they got swept. Um you know, a lot of the other guys, uh, Kuzma was fine. Like Caruso was playing like our worst case scenario impression of how Caruso might play in the playoffs. Like he made some defensive plays and, and was trying to keep up with Lillard and McCollum. So it was a commendable effort. He earned his minutes, but offensively we couldn't count on him to do anything. I mean, he had that sick dunk in the first half, but he was just, he wasn't even close on his shots. Um, and, and, it was the same for a lot of guys like Markeith Morris, you know, shockingly the veteran. He seemed like he was pretty solid. And of course we decided to play him like 15 minutes, but you know, it's just like it, 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 everybody was kind of rattled it again. It felt like guys didn't want to be there. Like Dwight, I thought overall had a really great offensive game, but, or sorry, defensive game, but he committed so many stupid fouls and was getting involved in like nonsense with, these scrub players on the other team, you know what I mean? Who he should be like above creating all this like chaos and disruption to the flow of the game, like making himself a spectacle. Like that's worst case scenario, Dwight Howard, right? That's like how he left the Lakers in 2012 in the playoffs, you know? So it's, it's so just insane how they've been talking all season about like how the, over the course of an 82 season, you need to build championship habits and you got to do this and you got to do that. And then it's like, we show up to the bubble and the narrative and suddenly the media is like, all like backtracking and it's like, Oh, well the Lakers didn't take the seeding games very, you know, they weren't playing to win. So maybe that's contributing. Like all of a sudden people are talking about this, right? But it's like, you should have been taking these eight seeding games serious from the beginning. You should have been playing to win every single game. Maybe you rest at the eighth game or whatever, or, you know, rest the back-to-back and rest the eighth game. But the other six games you should have played like you were playing playoff games. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, what do you, you know, everyone was talking about people were hiding the ball and people were doing this and that. And I think the coaches like, you know, tried to be too cute or something because all the teams that didn't take the bubble seriously have been suffering so far. Yep. You know, like I think I, you know, the top seed in the East Milwaukee, they lost, which is crazy today. I mean, the Lakers obviously lost. The Clippers should have um, lost. Probably the Clippers <laughs> should have lost. Had Chris Epps not been ejected for like that complete nonsense. And then, you know, Toronto is the only team they went seven and one or something in the bubble. They took it very seriously. And, They've been playing hard all year, and their habits have carried over, and they're a very, very tough team to beat because they play hard. And there's not, like, all the extra noise and chaos and fans and all this stuff that there typically is in a playoff series. It's just going to come down to, like, pure execution on both sides. And the Lakers have not executed cleanly on offense, like, one game this entire... Like, they, yeah, they sure they've had games where they got hot, but they haven't had one game where they were just clicking all game long on like, you know, on, on the offensive side. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt, but, um, hey, where's that Quinn Cook and uh, THT lineup that we've been deploying for some odd reason, guys? Um, <laughs> and anyways, uh, we're going to take it to our first break, cool off a little, and uh, we'll see it's how impossible. we feel. Coming, it's like 100 degrees from. in my house right now. <laughs> uh, that's true, too. 
All right, we'll take it to break. All right, so we are back. I mean, I had an, an organized setup for tonight, but I feel like this is just going to be one of those cathartic, unplugged I took notes, episodes. by the way. I tried. <laughs> I did, too, and I feel like just ripping them up right now. It's a lot of F-words on this paper. <laughs> um, I guess, Alan, question for you. Uh, it's, I, I guess, where do you think the Lakers lost tonight? We could point to a bunch of different things, but let's kind of focus on the last like five minutes or so. Uh, because we were tied, we did have like a six-point lead, right? And then like Dame hit a crazy three, CJ hit a three, Carmelo started hitting a three, Gary Trent hit a three, um, and Gary Trent, who did nothing all freaking night. I know. And then know. of course, yeah. right? Oh, I was I was so happy that he wasn't playing well, you know, offensively. Yeah. And then of course he knocks it down. Anyway, sorry. Um, I mean, the last thing I was going to say was, and, and Tommy, you had this feeling as well. You mentioned it off the air that you told your wife that if the Lakers aren't up by double digits heading into the fourth, it's going to be a close game. And Damian Lillard, it's going to be Dame time and the Portland Trail Blazers are going to fire off a bunch of threes and win the game. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. And while I didn't have that conversation that you did in my head, for whatever reason, I still, you know, LeBron James has been on this team for, you know, two years at this point. And I'm not blaming, like, I'm not saying he's not clutch or whatever, but you add on top of that, the fact that our supporting cast right now is so shot mentally or something. I don't know. Um, ironically, they don't have a shot, but I just had very little confidence that they'd be able to pull this off, you know, if it became close down the stretch. Uh, because, I mean, defensively, the, the area that we're most susceptible is the perimeter, especially if you're going up against a team that can shoot it from 45 feet. And then offensively, you know, people are always like a lot of Lakers fans have been puffing their chest out before the series and, and they've been saying, well, who's going to guard LeBron James and Anthony Davis? And they've been giving up 120 points to other teams like these scrub ass teams like the Orlando Magic or whatever. What did we score tonight? We scored 93. I've been saying it this entire time. An opponent's best defense against the Lakers is to let the Lakers play their normal clunky ass offense. That's exactly that's exactly what happened. Um, so, Alan, I guess in that like last stretch or so, where do you think the Lakers kind of went off track? Uh, I mean, it was impossible for us to get a like an easy shot all game, right? Um, our, our best offense really was pushing it on the fast break. Half court offense was non-existent. It was a lot like the Milwaukee-Orlando game, actually. They they have, like, zero semblance of a half-court offense as well, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the fact that we're relying on LeBron, of course, to create plays for everybody, to be the point guard, to do absolutely everything. Uh, Anthony Davis, did he have any, like, post-up shots? I know, like, we don't really, like, go to that, but I feel like his shots in the paint, um, it wasn't, like, by design, right? Mm -hmm. So... Again, if you can't just get an easy bucket, and we know the adage, right? Like, it's the playoffs, game slows down, all that kind of stuff. Well, I think that that really bit us in the ass tonight. And um, like you said, it's just very clunky offensively. And it's like, I, I don't want to go as far to say if we had Rondo, that <laughs> things would be any smoother. This is how desperate we Like, are. I don't want to say that, right? But just seeing, like, LeBron is, like, the guy. He's the only one who, who can create anything for us. Um, and, and, you know, usually LeBron will go out, like, six minutes, like, halfway through the quarter, 
And then he may not come back until the second. Vogel was bringing him back in with like two and a half minutes left in each quarter. And it's like, because if we don't have him out there, we're freaking screwed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it just, it just feels like we were completely spent. <laughs> like we did in some odd way, like everything we possibly could and just nothing was working. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I know that didn't like pinpoint any specific thing. Um, us just... So, I, I, yeah, I can't think of, like, the last five minutes, but shooting ourselves in the foot, really beating ourselves to begin the game and then to begin the second half, you can't dig yourself in a hole that deep. We're not good enough to just come out of that. Yeah. I think for me there was one odd play where we were trying to scramble to get to cut the deficit and LeBron James, like, penetrated. And then for whatever reason, he had Alex Caruso on the wing here. And then Danny Green on the baseline. And he could have passed it to Danny Green. Yeah, but he had Danny for would... wide open three. Well, because Danny's like, Danny's like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Glitch yeah. mode, dude. But I just feel like this team is suffering from a case of, like, bubble brain There's farts. no confidence, this entire dude. Orlando. There's yeah, no and confidence it's so at all. Weird. And so he passed it to Caruso instead. And Caruso obviously bricked that three. But it's just so... He took, like, a weird, like, off-the-dribble <sighs> launch three. With, like, six seconds left on the shot clock. (laughs) The thing is, dude, like, Portland is, like, not even that good. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you can... People can talk about how they're not a typical eighth seed or whatever. They're just not that good. And and we're playing that bad, I think. Like, and... Mm -hmm. It, it's it's so crazy that we haven't figured out what what groups of guys play well together. I mean, Vogel, it seemed like he came into this game with like a script or like a rotation chart or something, and he just didn't want to deviate from it because how what can explain that pulling of Kuzma? Right? Yeah, and what can explain the weird things yeah. like twenty five seconds or something left in the game, and we were down by five. And they just, like, stood around. Yeah, they, yeah I was jumping fouled. up and down, dude. And nobody fouled. And then they just kind of were standing around. And then, like, they passed it to Nurkic, who just dunked it. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, it was, so there was less time on the shot clock. Like, he had to shoot it. And he was wide open for a dunk because the Lakers were just standing there. And then they're all just looking at each other, like, throwing their hands in the air. And it's like, what are you guys doing, I almost dude? broke my TV, dude. <laughs> Like, it was just so many bad decisions by, and I, I honestly do feel like it starts at the it, at the coaching staff level and trickles down. Like, the decision-making was so odd. Like, all that stuff that we praised Vogel about, like, earlier in the season, making in-game adjustments, like, having quick leashes with guys, it, it feels like they're all of a sudden overthinking at everything. Like, mm-hmm. all of that positive momentum that they had built up. Like, what happened? Were guys just not, like, spending time together? Was nobody talking on the phone? Like, did everybody think the season was just over? Like, why, if so, why were we the only team that was behaving that way? It, it's it's so weird, and, and I just have no idea what they're going to do to fix it. I think, like you said, them being too cute about it, I think that kind of sums it up for me, just because, you know, they put on this air that they are, I mean, they did clinch the number one seed in the West, right? They gain, they are afforded that stature, but I don't know if they put that, those clothes on too soon and and just acted like, oh, we're going to flip the switch at some point. And we, we have LeBron James on our team. We have Anthony Davis. This is always how LeBron James has done it. Let's follow his lead. I just felt like they were too nonchalant and they they carried this air of arrogance that 
especially for a team like the Lakers, regardless of where, what team you, you came from before, Danny, the Danny Greens, LeBron James of the world, the Rajon Rondos, this is the Los Angeles Lakers. Our fans have been starving for a freaking playoff berth, not, not the least of which, just a win, you know? Or sorry, we've been starving for a win, as well as just making the playoffs once again. And this is how we come out. For for a first time in like seven years, and it's just so frustrating and infuriating. And you hear all this stuff about how Lionel Holland sent us this inspirational video of a pastor talking about Kobe Bryant, and it's just like, all right, man, like, why didn't you guys put this into to action or practice? Because right now, all I'm hearing is the the talk about it part, right? And for a team that has kind of led by that motto of being about it for what seems like much of the the first few months of the season it's just so bizarre that they've been out of character these last two to three weeks and it's just I mean look are we overreacting a little bit probably I mean it's just it just sucks to have to wait this long for a, a Lakers playoff game and it's not like we couldn't it's not like we couldn't have seen the signs to this letdown right Alan, you and I were just talking about how the Lakers would probably fall flat, you know, in the first quarter, and they did. And then they just never found a consistent flow, and whenever they did find that flow, Frank Vogel, for whatever reason, would cut it short or something like that. Um, Also, Anthony Davis and LeBron James missed four free throws in a row. That that doesn't help. Um, That was absurd. I, I don't know. Okay. Maybe we need to take one more break. <laughs> um, so let, let's take one more break. And when we return, we'll find a way to, I guess, be more positive about things. Yeah. No. We'll, we'll do that. <laughs> we'll be back. All right. So we're back and we're going to try and be positive. But, but not before we, we crap on this team a little bit more. So um, let's see. Why don't we go through. I had you guys fill out a sort of template for tonight and we can just go through it. Um, all right. I don't want to, I don't want to overlook that LeBron James had a triple double and I think a career high 16 assists in the playoffs. I mean, looking at his numbers, I'm actually like, holy shit, how did we lose this game? Uh, 23 points, 17 rebounds, 16 assists. How did we lose this game? Um, that's pretty incredible. So, you know, props to LeBron James. He had a pretty much a mini run in the, in the second quarter there where, I think it was a 13 and 1 run for the Lakers where they cut the deficit from like 14 16 points down to 2 uh, and then it was a close game throughout from there um Allen what let's start with I guess highlight of the night that's a positive thing Oh yeah there was one <laughs> um so AD had the block on Damian and then LeBron got the rebound outlet to ad and then he dunked it that was in the third quarter when things were uh starting to pick up for us a little bit that was one of two highlights that i had taken note of nice um tommy what about you for highlight of the night oh god the play where the flavor of LeBron uh. the flavor of LeBron uh threw the outlet to Dwight like just that over nice. yeah the the arms of Nurkic and and Dwight dunked it and broke the backboard apparently <laughs> that was sick <laughs> bro i mean 
There were so many little moments like that throughout the game that felt like a microcosm of the Lakers bubble season with the the rim being bent. Um, You mentioned that that last play where Nurkic had a dunk with the Lakers down by five with, you know, 20 seconds left and everybody having their hands in the air wondering what the next person was doing. That's that's bubble brains, my friend. Um, For me, I would say... Okay, LeBron had that one-handed bullet pass in in transition to Anthony Davis for the dunk to get the Lakers their first lead in the second quarter. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, he honestly had some amazing passes this game, and it's sad that that's going to be overshadowed by the overall sentiment of just like, what the hell was the rest of this team doing? What was Frank Vogel doing? Um, They should have known from the start that they didn't have to worry about LeBron and how he paces himself, but you need to worry about the rest of the team and the rest of these guys. Um, That's why I'm still infuriated, but yeah, great Uh, job. His core vision was like amazing tonight. It was really, really nice. He also had that crazy one-handed bounce pass around a soft trap slash double by Nurk and uh, Gary Trent, AD for a dunk down low. Yeah, just a bunch of really awesome stuff. Alex Caruso had a nice tomahawk dunk to give the Lakers that punch in the arm that they needed um, when they were just... Should have punched him in the face, dude. They should have punched him in the face. That's right. Um, do we have a defensive highlight of the night? The dunk that I just... I mean, the block shot that I just mentioned. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I mean, we did help, We did hold the Portland Trailblazers to 39% from the field, um, but they did shoot 38% from three. Tommy, do you have a defensive highlight of the night that you can remember? Um. No. Okay. Oh, AD. Uh, <laughs> wait, did your is this one that Alan said when AD blocked Damian Lillard's jumper and then went out for the outlet? I guess it was a combination defense offense play. Yeah. Uh, okay, that was Alan's. Um, yeah. Okay, I have Sorry, one. I gotta charge my phone. <laughs> no problem. Um, mine would be at the end of the third quarter. Uh, Carmelo drove it into the lane, and Kuzma. Uh, went straight oh, up in yeah. the air, showed that great verticality rule. Um, and I, it, you could see on Kuzma's face, he was so pumped up after that stop. And I thought, there's the momentum we need. And it actually carried forth. You know, Kuzma ended up scoring like seven of our first nine points in the fourth quarter. And I mean, props to Kuzma, right? His defense is fueling his offense. He had a kind of mixed bag of a night offensively, but he continued to bring that defensive effort until it led into or bled into his fourth quarter when he knocked down that three-pointer, had that really nice um, rebound and took it all the way to the rim in transition, looking like a Ben Simmons. Um so it was encouraging to still see Bubble Kuzma in play, you know, that the one consistent thing out of this freaking Orlando bubble. And again, we'll point back to the fact that Frank Vogel at Kuzma's hottest stretch decided to pull him. Um, but yeah, that would be my defensive highlight of the night, Kuzma's verticality on Carmelo to end the third. Um, MVP of the night, probably Dame on the other end, but for us, it would be LeBron James, right? One man wrecking show in the second and he had a double-double in the first half. I think he almost had a triple-double in the first half, actually. He was just two rebounds away. Um, so that's pretty insane. Third man of the night. That, that's a category LeBron. that I'm... since <laughs> LeBron, too. Um, so third man is essentially reserved for the Lakers player outside of the obvious LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So pretty obvious to say that it's probably Kyle Kuzma. So, Tommy, do you want to talk about Kuzma for a hot second? Yeah, Kuzma kind of carried his momentum from the seeding games. Uh, his jumpers still look good. He was 
attacking the rim, which was great to see. Um, defense, I think he... They were trying to... For, I think a lot of teams, first of all, their scouting is like behind because you still see teams like trying to force Kuzma into these switches. And he's... Look, he's, he can't guard Dame or CJ one-on-one most of the time. Um, I think he did a pretty good job, actually, against CJ at times. But those guys are amazingly gifted offensive guards, right? Like, they're going to score on anybody. So I, I I think Kuzma did a pretty good job defensively. I, like you said, I like the play on Mello at the end of the... Uh, you said this earlier, but the end of the uh, third quarter. Maybe it was the end of the first half. Um where he got like a stop and what could have been, I mean, ultimately it didn't matter, but what it seemed like it uh, was a nice momentum saving play for us. And um, yeah, just all around good game. I'm shocked that his coach pulled him out for no reason with like seven minutes to go in the third and he was playing really well. That darn Lakers head coach. <laughs> Man. And Kuzma, Kuzma was so pumped up after that transition layup where he just, went into the lane with intentionality and was so aggressive, like knifing it through like several Portland Trailblazers players. And, and that, that, that pull happened. Um, six man. Do we want to say, I mean, we, I guess it's Kuzma, Dwight Howard for a little bit outside of his bad foul calls. Um, Alan, do you want to talk about the refing real quick or? (laughs) No, not really. (laughs) It was pretty crap. No matter what Chris Weber was saying, how he kept saying the, the, officiating has been so freaking good crazy yeah, ass weird, um dude. yeah dude what the hell are you watching um i mean yeah i had Kuz as my sixth man because i had dwight as or um lebron as my third but yeah we could talk about dwight um outside of like you said the ticky tack uh him just he, he just uses his hands so much like it's whether so he's annoying. on offense trying to get positioning or whether he's on defense right trying to establish himself and it's like Tommy said at the very beginning, like this is kind of like old Dwight where he is making a spectacle of himself and he just can't like get his head out of his ass, like almost literally. But for the times when he was effective, I mean, you could feel his presence on the floor when he was doing good things as well. Um, so he, he had a lot of energy, right? But in some ways it's almost like it was, it was misguided. He def- definitely didn't come out like lackadaisical going through the motions because sometimes he can look a little bit disengaged on the floor um today tonight wasn't one of those nights so if if he can like channel that same energy and be a little bit more level-headed um and and i don't mean this facetiously like maybe he needs to like meditate because that's like a big thing for him right it just seems like he got caught up in the moment in the wrong type of way so um you know hopefully he can take a couple steps back before thursday and and harness it in a more positive way but I'd rather have that than a disappearing act. I'd rather have that than Danny Green being a little, eh, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know what's so sad? I mean, sorry, this is a disorganized episode, guys. But I know a bunch of people were making fun of Hassan Whiteside and we were going to play him off the court and stuff. And he was still playing in the fourth quarter, getting blocks on LeBron James because we couldn't capitalize. Yeah, like <laughs> I'm like so annoyed by this team, dude. Like how are Nurkic and Hassan Whiteside playing pivotal minutes for the Blazers and actually... I don't even know if it's out strategizing us, but we're just like shooting ourselves in the foot. This is the definition of shooting yourself in the foot. Um, we haven't talked about Anthony Davis yet, but I guess, Tommy, do you want to talk about Anthony Davis? He was eight of 24 from the field. He did go to the line. He did shoot 17 free throws, was 12 of 17. Um, he had a so pretty slow start. And then he had that one stretch to end the second quarter where I think he scored like 11 out of 13 points or whatever he had that dunk in transition then he hit a step back uh 
jump shot. I don't think he hit any threes tonight. No, he was 0 for 5. Um, I don't know. I mean, Allen talked about how you don't think like he went to the post that much, and I think he's scared of getting doubled. Or I mean, they really try and pack well, the paint against him. But yeah, go ahead. I just think the AD Wendy and Gabriel matchup was such an obvious mismatch, and everybody in the world knew it. And the Lakers' like number one strategy in these types of situations. And I hope they get this out of their system now, because if we have to, like, we even make it to the friggin' Clippers at this point. The, this is what we try to do against the Clippers too much, too. It's like, and on, actually next round, too, if we play, end up playing Houston, if we make it that far, oh, you know, he, this is another problem we have with them. It's like we try to force it to AD in the post to just go one-on-one in the post. And like, he's not a bad post player, but... The problem is he knows that it's like it is so obvious that it's such a mismatch with Wendy and Gabriel on him that they're going to send the double. So rather than doing anything decisive or productive, he just catches the ball and like holds it and waits for the double to come <laughs> forever. But, like forever, dude. Like eleven seconds so left on the like, shot clock. Yep, he's just yep. triple threat position, and he's just holding oh. it. And it's like because our shooting is so bad, and because our spacing and our and our starting lineup isn't that great due to the fact that we start essentially two centers. Like Javale gives no, you know, space for AD. So. And he's already playing with, you know, Danny Green and KCV who can't make a freaking shot. And LeBron hasn't been shooting, like, amazing in, in the bubble either. So it it's just such an inefficient offense. We do this again. We This is what caused our, like, loss to the, the Rockets that one game, like, towards the end. It might have been the maybe second to last game or so, like, right before we went into quarantine. Um, we scored, like, 40 points in the first quarter and shot, like, 75%. Because we were just pounding it inside, but then we just kept doing that the whole game. And, you know, AD is just, I mean, he's really good. He's not Shaquille O'Neal, you know, in his prime or something like that. Like, And it's just a different game nowadays. Um, it, it's just not going to work. We need to get him looks like on the move going yep. to the basket or if we're going to throw it to him in the post... He has to catch it and go right away. Make a move, like, yeah. Make a move, take it, and dunk it on Wendy and Gabriel's head. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? It's so weird how they, they all just kind of catch it and hold it. Catch it and hold it. It's like, we got so many years developing these random rookies. How many years did we have to watch Brandon Ingram catch the ball and hold it for 15 <laughs> seconds and, like, not do anything productive? <laughs> and our punishment is getting to watch AD do it now oh, in the playoffs. That's like, so it's true. It's just so annoying. Like, you know, it's like the Utah game was AD's by far his best game of the bubble because he made it, like, a one-on-one matchup to try to show up Gobert, right? And in that game, he was playing like how he should play every game. It's like it's not just because Gobert is tall. Like Wendy and Gabriel is too slow to guard him. You know, AD is like a freak of nature. That's why he's so talented. He has to play up to that like maximum attack mode potential like every single night, or we're just not going to have a shot if he's doing this passive. Like I'm going to hold the ball, or I'm going to take a lot of perimeter shots. It's just not going to it's not going to work. Yeah, and you know, it's clear that the Blazers can't handle him by virtue of the fact that he was 12 of 17 from the line, but I think too often AD allows his jump shot to dictate how the rest of his offensive game is going to go because his jump shot was falling against the the Utah Jazz, you know. That's when he hit that step back three-pointer in Gobert's grill, but it wasn't falling tonight and you're going to get this 8 of 24 and indecisiveness just holding the ball facing up etc etc um 
the the stretch where he scored like 11 out of 13 points to close the first half or whatever it was 80 at the five right um i think it's becoming more and more clear that markeith morris should i mean key word should play a huge role for this lakers team and thank god he's been rounding the corner here these last few games including that sacramento bubble reseeding game where he knocked down two three-pointers but he only played 18 minutes tonight, but he was two of two from the field, hit a three-pointer, had that, what I felt like a momentum-shifting and-one play at the end of the third there, and then I don't even know if you saw the court in the fourth quarter. Maybe he did for a minute or two, but we got to end this JaVale McGee experiment, guys. When is Frank Vogel going to stop hitting his head on this cement wall that is this starting lineup? We have enough of a sample size to know that there is no reason at this point to continue trotting this lineup out if they're not going to be productive. I understand that we don't want to lose JaVale McGee or we don't want to lose KCP, who was 0 for 9, 0 for 5. You down with KCP? Yeah, you know me. Um, I don't know you. Oh, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, Alan, what do you think about the starting lineup? Do we cut bait now? Just Should we just play Markeith Morris, Cal Kuzma, what the hell is up with Dion Waiters only playing one minute? What the <laughs> hell was that? What the hell was that? What is the point of playing Dion Waiters the, and giving him the role that we gave him during this bubble stretch and only playing him one minute? I don't know, dude. <laughs> I really don't know. Like, I just, the, yeah, there isn't, there isn't a whole lot to say. Um, do I think we're going to change the starting lineup? No. I absolutely do not think we're going to change it. I think JaVale is going to get his pretty standard less than 20 minutes a game, right? And it's going to come at the beginning of the first quarter and then again at the beginning of the second half. Um, He might get some spot minutes here and there elsewhere, but I don't see it freaking changing, dude. Not at all. Uh, That's I don't have anything else to add. Sorry. My, uh, <laughs> That's it. my one comment on JaVale is I'm just like, if we're going to commit this hard to playing AD at the five a lot more, which what out of the 40 minutes he played, he at least half of those were at the five, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say so. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I just think that they need to seriously consider starting Dwight at the five. I mean, I don't think JaVale has been like horrendously bad. It's just, Dwight was better than JaVale the entire season. It's not just now, right? It's like JaVale is playing particularly not that great right now with his weird, like, I, I don't know. Sometimes him and KCP look like they're on drugs when they're out there. But, like, they seriously do, dude. Like, they're just doing all kinds of wonky <laughs> body movements and stuff. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? But, um, you know, J- Dwight Howard, even when he's, like, doing his antics like he was today and even when he's you know, committing a lot of fouls, which he needs to tone that back a lot, but he's not going to get you crazy highlight blocks as much as JaVale. Um, He, maybe he won't even finish as many crazy highlight lobs as JaVale Mm -hmm. can finish with that length, but he's really solid defensively. He's really good still, even as an old, like older veteran now at like defending guards on the perimeter. You know, he does a fantastic job in pick and roll situations. The defense feels a lot more solid and less like we're playing scramble catch up to block the shot you know i'm gonna do chase down i have the chase down block badge and nba 2k you know what i mean like <laughs> like that's how javel plays sometimes but you know so i i think they should seriously consider doing that i know it's kind of a significant change at this point in the season but 
we also weren't playing AD 20 minutes a game at the five during the season. So if, if that's the approach we're actually going to take and the five minutes are going to start to go away a little bit, then I think we need to give maybe, maybe seriously consider giving Dwight the starter minutes mm-hmm. and playing JaVale, you know, in sh- like a, a few minute burst or even not even using him and using Markeith if we want to go super small or I don't know. But, you know, there's options that we have. We need to play Markeith. Um, my last question of the night is... Can Rajon Rondo help? He know that sounds like a joke, but I'm not, I'm not joking. He knows how to get Anthony Davis the ball, and not not in situations where Anthony Davis has to think too hard. This is so NBA that this dude who hasn't like wasn't a productive player for us at all this entire season would come back against the team that he dominated yep. in the playoffs two years ago. And then the entire TNT narrative is going to be, it's playoff TNT Rondo. Drama. Playoff Rondo, yeah, baby. You know, like <laughs> Kira Sedgwick is the closer. No, serious question. Can Rajon Rondo help? Whoever wants to pick that can. up. I mean, yeah, we've been that bad. <laughs> so, so, I mean, like, anybody <laughs> anybody could help. It, it's If we're not going to – like, Waiters certainly could have even helped. I mean, I don't think Rondo's going to play in the next game. But Rondo, you know, he is not a good defender. Um, but he's crafty. He can bother Lillard. He can, you know, give up some, some t- uh, tough fouls. Um and most of all, he's another guy who can dribble a ball, and he you can count on him to at least get to the rim and like throw something up there so that you know one of our big guys have a chance to tip it in, which even K- KCP can't even do that right at this point. I don't know if you guys noticed, he had some crazy out-of-control drive yep. like in the fourth quarter towards the end of the game where it didn't even look like he was trying to make the shot. It looked like he was literally just trying to... like lob it remotely near the backboard so AD mm-hmm. can try to rebound it. Like, that's yeah. the level of our guard play right now. Yeah, what happened to all those dribble handoffs where KCP throws the lob and Anthony Davis or Dwight Howard or JaVale catch it? You know, that seems to be non-existent at this point. And it's crazy to me how Rondo seems to be the only player outside of LeBron who can get Anthony Davis an alley-oop dunk. You know, we have this crazy seven-foot spry guy, agile center power forward center and you'd be expecting that did he did he have an alley-oop dunk tonight i mean i feel like we should be getting no, at least no. three or four alley-oop dunks from anthony davis i mean those are the highlights you saw against portland in 2018 right people a lot of lakers fans kept referencing that series look what ad did look what ad did well ad did that with Rajon rondo throwing him those lobs you know so maybe rondo is more important than we thought and that is a sad statement to say and you know the lot my last thought would be on the one hand, I'm a little worried that all of a sudden we're going to throw a wrench into all of this and bring Rondo in. But on the same side of the token, on the same side of that token, um, Frank Vogel has not taken this very seriously. He's been experimenting left and right, and Dion Waiters only had one minute today, so maybe it won't hurt us at all to randomly throw Rondo in there because it's not like there was continuity in the first place, right? He didn't establish anything. So if you didn't establish anything, maybe this actually works in our favor if you all, all of a sudden want to introduce the, the Rondo element into things when prior to this, I would have been like, man, it's going to be a, a big mess when Rondo comes back. And now I'm like, oh, maybe we need him. I don't want to sound so down. That's not, This is a, sounds so depressing, but... Um, we're probably going to win game two, and this is much ado about nothing. But, it, you know, this is this is my raw feelings from a trend that I've been seeing about the, how the Lakers have approached this. That's just kind of maddening. So uh, any last thoughts, Alan? Um, 
I mean, it's just more negativity on my part, so I don't know if you want to hear it, but it's like based on what we saw tonight, based on what we saw on the eight bubble games uh, or the playing games, it's like what leads you to believe that we're going to play that much better in the near future, you know? Like there have been very, very slight like flashes to bring that back of hope like tonight, but it was more like an individual effort kind of thing, like LeBron. It's like, okay, wow, he like really turned it up a gear. But like we know he can do that. Otherwise, everything else we saw has been uh, pretty much in line with what we've been seeing. So to think that within less than 48 hours from now, we're going to look significantly better. Uh, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm kidding myself by telling myself that. And we know that Portland's been playing well while they've been down there. They're not like, again, they're not world beaters or anything, but they've been in the same mode this entire time. So I'm not saying we're going to lose game two, but I, I wouldn't count on us suddenly looking like the team that we were back in March. Yeah. So I hope we win, but I I don't think it's going to look that much better. Right. And, you know, people will point to, there's no way we shoot 35% from the field. There's no way we shoot 15% from three point land. We did, we did shoot worse than that in the bubble. I think we shot 12% one game, you know, and it's, this is not an isolated incident. Um, And this is what you get, you know, what the hell have these guys been doing? They, they do this thing where they have like a shoot around in the hotel, that hotel space where the court is after a game to show people that they're working on their shot. And I gave them the benefit of the doubt going into this game, but it's clear something just seems off. Um, I still have confidence in, in LeBron James and Anthony Davis to, to eventually pull this out. But it's just ironic to me that, you know, the one stretch where you see Kuzma kind of putting it all together and the rest of the Lakers are just totally non-existent. Um, and we're like, things are not ever going to fire on all cylinders. But uh, yeah, not to be too depressing. Tommy, any last I will thought? say, I, yeah. I, do, I do think AD will play better. Will play better. Because we've seen him like kind of turn it off and then turn it on and turn it off and turn it on. So I, I do think that he'll have a strong comeback game. There's there's my bold prediction hot take. Yeah, well, they have the bulletin board material that they need being down 0-1 to the Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Carmelo Anthony versus LeBron James Blazers. LeBron, you cannot lose to Carmelo at this stage of his career, brother. I mean... Bubble mellow? <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to hear the narratives if Melo gets out of this first round against LeBron James, man. After we could have signed like Carmelo Anthony, right? So please, guys, this is so pathetic. Uh, Tommy, any last words? Uh, Lakers tonight were seven for 26. Not from three. They were actually worse from three. They were seven for 26 in transition. Mm -hmm. 17 misses in transition are the most misses in transition in one game since Spectrum Sports or Second Spectrum, whatever that Second Spectrum is, started tracking the data in 2013. This is per Ramona Shelburne. How do you miss that many shots in transition? KCP. Well, and see, that's like another crazy <laughs> thing. Like we were the number one transition team in the NBA in both like points and um, efficiency. Like, right. Like we were one of the lower, I think we were bottom 10 in pace, but in, in fast break points, we were number one. And in fast break efficiency, I think we were, if not number one, certainly top five. Um, so, but I won't say that's like a one-off anomaly. I mean, they haven't played well in transition this whole time. In transition, so much of that is chemistry and anticipating what everyone's going to do and stuff like that. And and uh, 
that's just been all out of sorts. It's so weird, and I don't know what's going to pull us out of this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we'll leave it at that. Good news is we're in the same boat as the Milwaukee Bucks, baby. So, bow, bow, bow. Um, yeah, that's my, that's my only uh, silver lining, that we're in the same boat as the Milwaukee <laughs> the Bucks. The Bucks lost. <laughs> we're as good as the Bucks. <laughs> hey, the Bucks gave up 122 to the Orlando Magic without Dude, Aaron Gordon. No Aaron Gordon. And Jonathan no Isaac. No Bamba. No Jonathan Isaac. So there you go. That's crazy. <laughs> that is good. Uh, Home court, dude. They are in Orlando. Who do they even have? Busevich, Evan Fournier, who made one shot, I think. DJ Augustine. <laughs> yeah, Laker killer. Is Terrence Ross DJ still on that team? Good. I don't even Terrence know. Terrence Ross is there. No, he's not, is he? Yeah, he is. I think he's still there, yeah. Yeah, he wasn't bad. Um, But yeah, Lakers are back in the playoffs, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, We're back. <laughs> We're back. Oh, Dame Time. We do not want to mess around with Dame Time, and we gave them that first game. Um, okay, I, I guess we'll end it there. I had I had expected to lose this first game. I, I, I had told myself that I wouldn't be surprised. But now that we're actually in this hole, doesn't it feel a lot more dire and grave than you thought? Oh, if we lose the next game, we're screwed. <laughs> we're freaking done, dude. I mean, thank God, like I said at the beginning of this, we... Um... We don't have to go play in the Rose Garden. Yeah. I think that's yeah. another thing when people pick this upset, which, by the way, I mean, it could obviously it could still happen. But one of the things I think people were thinking subconsciously when they pick this upset is like, it's yeah, it's obviously really hard to beat Portland in Portland. But hopefully on the neutral court, that serves us a little bit better. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, we'll end it there. Uh, otherwise, this is going to be a prolonged groan fest, a groan bitch fest. So, uh Hopefully we'll have a different story on Thursday. Game two, Lakers-Portland. Um, all right, uh, Tommy, Alan, I'll catch you guys later, dudes. See you, dude. Later. Peace. <laughs> oh, wait, follow us on Twitter. and <laughs> If you want. At, at Lakers Legacy Pod. And also rate and review us five stars on iTunes. And also look us up on YouTube, Lakers Legacy. Uh, that's it. Hopefully it's a, a lot more litty than tonight. Goodbye. Peace. Later.